Good morning, everyone. It's a great day to be here in the house of the Lord, and I feel like I say this every week, but we have so much stuff going on this week and, and so much to do for the Lord, and, and that goes without saying because we all have lives, right? We all go everywhere, all the time, work, with friends, with different meeting up with different people. So we all have ways to be on mission, to do things for Christ everywhere we go, and we have some more examples and places to do that with this week. But before I keep with announcements, I just want to welcome you. And if you're a visitor, welcome to New Hope. We're really glad that you're here. And I hope that you fill out the online tablet or the card so we can have more information about you and just to get in contact with you and see how you're doing and what we can pray about. Um, this week, tonight, is family night at home. So enjoy this time with your family. Um, and I don't know about y'all, but I feel like this is a great time to rest before the great holiday of Labor Day, which is exciting for students, teachers, and people that have tomorrow as another day of rest. So enjoy that and, and spend that time with family or just alone with God and think about what He has done for you, the labor that He has done before and now and will do more. We have um, had a great morning already. If you see the bulletin, our children's bell choirs have started. Uh, Miss Jackie has been doing our bell choirs for a while and Miss Beth Cameron started the older kids, so what a blessing it is to be able to know that the children of this church are singing on Wednesdays and doing mission studies and Bible studies and, and now serving the Lord through the handbells, which is such a gift to do that in praise. So thank you all for that, and I hope that if your kids or grandkids have not known about that, come before Sunday school on Sunday mornings, and they will be involved in handbells, which is so exciting. Um, don't forget that our amazing preschool starts Tuesday, so please be in prayer for that beginning of this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday with Miss Susan and Miss Kristen as they begin just such a blessing for this church and for all those kids. I know that my daughter is um, beside herself waiting for Tuesday to come. She cannot wait. She asks every day when it's time to see Miss Susan at school. So, and then um, lastly for this week is the Coffee, Cake, and Christ. Please come out to that and join us for that wonderful time of fellowship and worship together for all the ladies. Um, this is going to be a great day. We get to worship the Lord and music and in teaching and in Jeff Moreland's ordination today. So I am so thankful that all of you are here to be a part of this exciting Sunday together. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we adore you. Your mercies are new every morning. Your forgiveness is unending, and your love is everlasting. And you have given us more examples of love and your miraculous ways than we could ever imagine. And you do those for us all of the time. From huge miracles that are known throughout large numbers of people, throughout the world, Lord, all the way to the small miracles that some of us only know between you and us. You are constantly at work in us. And Lord, I pray that we are the same, that we are constantly seeking more of you and seeking to, to honor you and disciple others and to do your good work, Lord, to be image bearers of you, Lord. We are all called to go and make disciples. And as we're here in this sanctuary this morning, that is to prepare us for this week as we put on our armor, Lord, as we go out and, and remember the teachings that you would have us to learn from Sunday school and from Pastor Russ and 
the words from these songs so that we can go out and share those with others. Because Sunday is not a time for us to be fed and then to go home, but it's a time for us to be charged, to recharge ourselves so that we are ready to go out and, and teach new things and to meet new people. Because there are people in our lives right now that some of us can think about that, that you have for us to speak to them, to pray for, to show extra love to. So as we're in worship today, I pray that you bring those people to our minds and you prepare us what we should and will say to them, Lord, if we choose to be obedient to you. We love you so much, God, and it's in your name, your son's name, Jesus, that we can pray. Amen.
Amen. We do have a, a blessed day today to be able to uh, have an ordination service for Jeff Moreland. And uh, as you all elected him uh, several weeks ago, and uh, it's going to be a good day. It's already been a good day. Amen. We're going to talk today about having a servant's heart. I was talking to someone a few weeks ago and they said, hey Russ, he said, I've been doing a study on the word humility. And they said, I'm, I'm really proud to say that I understand it now. You know, I've gotten a pretty, pretty good handle on it. I'm, I'm got, I've gotten good at it. And, and soon I'll be the most humble church member you have. And he said, you know, if you have a chance, just let everybody know, you know, that it was me. And that if you need somebody to lead a Bible study on it, I'll be glad to, uh, to do that for you too because, I, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about it. <laughs> well, it doesn't actually sound much like a humble servant, does it? But rather one of a, a, a prideful and one looking for attention, just the opposite. Um, but the church needs all kind of servants, don't they? They need all kind of servants and, and, and all types of, let's say, not necessarily just servants, but humble servants, that is. Someone once said that, that Christ will have no servants except by consent. His people are willing people. He will be there all in all, or He will be nothing. You know, in order to have a humble heart, a humble servant's heart, we have to lose all of our selfish tendencies, don't we? We have to get rid of, of looking out necessarily for number one and begin looking out for other people. And so serving like Jesus requires that we that we have the mindset of a servant, have the mindset of a slave, to, and that is to be obedient to our master. Charles Spurgeon wrote um, that we're a product of our thoughts. We're a product of our thoughts. And he says, as Charles Spurgeon writes, thoughts form the thermostat which regulates what we accomplish in life. My body responds and reacts to the input from my mind. If I feel it with if I feel it feed it with doubt and worry and discouragement, that is precisely the kind of day I'm going to experience. But if I adjust my thermostat forward to thoughts filled with vision of hope and victory, <clears throat> I can count on that kind of day. You and I become what we think about. We come we become what we think about. And the same is true about being a humble servant. If we don't think like one, we won't become one, and we won't therefore act like one. And so we have to be willing to, to recognize our, the pridefulness in our life and be willing to say, I need an adjustment, that I'm not the humble person that, that I need to be or should be. And so we need to be willing to adjust our thoughts and our minds to, the, to have the attitude of Christ. Someone once said, some minds are like concrete, thoroughly mixed up and permanently set. <laughs> are you spiritually minded? I ask you this morning. Are, are you spiritually minded? Do you have do you have the mind of a servant? Do you have the heart of a servant? Or is your mind and in your your heart like concrete, all mixed up and permanently set with a, with a worldly and selfish mindset. 
You see, who we are and, 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 and where we are and where we're going in life, it begins in our minds. A humble servant doesn't think more of himself than he ought to. Rather, he, he considers others' needs before themselves. And, and so a humble servant understands that, that God is God and they're not. That, you know, and I say this quite often, that, that, that Jesus is our Savior. We are the saved. He is the Creator. We are the created. And we have to keep that in mind. Other, otherwise, the pride in our heart begins to take root. In the book Purpose Driven, it defines a servant as, as one always on the lookout for ways to help others. Always looking out for ways to help other people. It continues, real servants maintain a low profile. Servants don't promote or call attention to themselves. Instead of acting to impress and, and dressing for success, they put on the apron of humility to serve another. If recognized for their service, they humbly accept it, but not allow notoriety to distract them from their work. Do you know somebody like that? We all probably do. Do you know somebody totally opposite of that? <laughs> we all probably do that wants recognition for everything, that, that wants to showcase what they've done, wanting, wanting attaboys for, for whatever they've done. And then on the flip side, you see somebody that, that serves in quietness, that serves in humility, that doesn't want recognition. Oh, don't, don't mention my name. Just You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a true blessing when somebody calls me and says, Russ, would you just... Do this for that person and don't tell them where it came from. Russ, here's a hundred dollars. Would you give it to so and so? And don't tell them where it came from. Or something's done and 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 you look around and you say, Well, who did that? You see, a humble servant isn't looking for their name to be placed on a wall somewhere. They're not wanting the, 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 the headline news of the day to be about them. In 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 and 6, it says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to the elders. All of you, clothe yourself with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And so humble yourselves therefore under God, God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. I said earlier, a, a servant is, is obedient to their master. A slave is, is obedient to their master. And so the humble servant doesn't desire recognition from the, from the world, rather just to carry out the deeds that have been placed upon them. They don't want the recognition for what they've done or what they've given for, for they know that their recognition will come in eternity. That their recognition will be recognized in heaven and not on this earth. They don't want their name stamped on, on, on a placard or in the bulletin or on the poster board somewhere because they know that their recognition, that their reward 
will come by God Almighty in heaven, not amongst men in this world. You have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 10. We're going to be in Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. And in the story, you find James and John, and uh, they're needing a lesson in humility. <laughs> we see them a bit arrogant at the moment as they're, as they're talking with Jesus, and, and we see the, the pride in their hearts boiling up and overflowing instead of humility, which you would think would be the trait of a, of a disciple. But here, they fall to the sense of pride. Be reminded that we all sin, don't we? We're all, none of us are perfect. We all have shortcomings. We're all going to fail at times. And so here we see James and John, and, and pride kind of takes hold of them there for a minute. But then it wasn't just James and John. We see, as we'll read in verse 41, that the other disciples jumped in too, and they, they got kind of upset that they didn't get to make the point before James and John did. So let's read along here in Mark chapter 10, verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. And here's where your ego uh, for them takes off. It says, teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. <laughs> Man, what kind, of, what kind of statement is that to Jesus? Hey, Jesus, we want you to do whatever we ask, whatever we want. We want you to bless us with that. Let me ask you this, do we come to God in prayer sometimes with that same attitude? It may not be framed quite that abruptly or, or plainly or bluntly, but maybe a lot of times in prayer, our, our prayers are, God, this is what I want. God, give me what I want. We want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in glory. In other words, put us at the head of the class. Put us above everybody else. You're going to be here, Jesus. We want to be right there beside you. Everybody else will go below us or beneath us. Wow. That's a pretty bold statement for them, isn't it? They replied, let, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left hand in glory. And Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. Could you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I've been baptized with? Oh, we can. <laughs> we can, Jesus. We can do it. Wow. Jesus said to him, Oh, you'll drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. It's interesting that he doesn't say that it won't be James or John. It just says, for whoever's been prepared for. And then listen to what happens next. Just when the, when the ten heard about this, or the other disciples heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. You see, they were, they were upset that they didn't get to ask the question first. I mean, these were, 
These were Jesus' right-hand folks, right? You know, they, they, were, they were His team. And so they were, they were all part of His inner circle. And so when James and John said, hey, we want to sit at the right and the left, the other one's like, man, they beat me to it. <laughs> I was going to ask for that position. Man, it says, it says, and they became indignant with James and John. Have you ever heard, uh, we've got to have a come to Jesus meeting? You ever heard that? I think this is where it came from right here. <laughs> Look. It says, Jesus called them together. All right, boys, we've got to have a little meeting here. We've got to set some things straight. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers and Gentiles lord over them, lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus kind of put them in their place right there, didn't He? One commentary puts it, or a commentator puts it like this about this passage. He says, In the eyes of the Lord, we are all equal, and for one to rise above the other is ungodly. You see, Jesus gives us the, the, the hearts and the, and the desire to to be the servants and to be the slaves that He wants us to be when He calls us as His children. And so our place in God's family is dependent upon God's grace. It's dependent upon God's grace and God's mercy that He shows us through Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, we become kings and rulers in the eternal kingdom of God. They're already going to have a, an incredible seat in, in the kingdom of God. We all are. Folks, if we're even in heaven, that's an incredible seat. Amen? And we can praise God for that. It's not going to matter where we're seated. But we'll be in the presence of God Almighty. And so his point here was that he wanted them to be to surrender themselves, to submit themselves, to, to be servants to everybody else, to looking out for other people, taking care of other people. Folks, that's what being a deacon is called to do. The very word deacon means to be a, a servant or a slave. And today we have the pleasure of, of ordaining Jeff, uh, Jeff Moreland as a deacon, and I'd like to ask him and Angel, if they would, to come up this morning. And One thing I can say that is Jeff has, has displayed a servant's heart in that <clears throat> one thing, he has, a, he has a long background in the restaurant business. <laughs> and so... 
uh, to do that, he understands what it means to serve other people. He understands what it means to, to clean up after other people, to take care of them, to meet their needs, to show them the way and, and, and where to go and, and how to take care of what they need. He and Angel joined New Hope not long after our first Christmas in Earl. Uh, they, they were a product of that first uh, ministry that we did. And they have faith, uh, faithfully served and been faithfully involved ever since they're just ever since then, just quietly serving the Lord in, in, in tremendous ways. Um, and all the while not drawing attention to themselves. In fact, I had, uh, after Jeff was elected a few weeks ago and we put it in the bulletin, somebody said, well, who is Jeff Moreland? Well, see, to me, that is, a, that is a great example of a humble servant. Someone with a, with a servant's heart. One that doesn't call out and desire recognition for themselves. They're here faithfully every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, involved in the different ministries and different aspects of the church, different missions that are taking place. And that is why you have chosen Jeff to be a part of the deacon body. Jeff, I want to say to you this morning that you stand before God in this church as, as having been elected to serve in an office of deacon. You're a man of God, and God has chosen you to serve in His church as a spiritual leader and an example for other believers to, to watch. The office is not about position or power. It's about servanthood. It's important that you realize that this is God's church and not man's church. And He is a, has authority. He is in control. You've not been elected to be just a financial decision maker, but a servant leader. I've seen a servant's heart in you, and I know that you will labor faithfully as a servant. As a deacon, your actions reflect upon Christ. It reflects upon this body. When you leave this place and go out into the community, you represent Christ. You represent the church in the community. Sometimes people look at deacons more than they look at themselves. Okay, They, they try to find problems with them as opposed uh, of looking in the mirror and being convicted of their own shortcomings. Deacons' mistakes are often mag uh, magnified and their good deeds are often overlooked. Nevertheless, be encouraged and remain faithful. And so Jeff, do you promise before God in this church of Jesus Christ that you will uphold the truth and the doctrines of God's Word? Be a living example of Jesus Christ in this church and the community by the grace of God? Will you be faithful and regular in attendance wholehearted in giving, open-minded in planning, and patient in seeking the solutions for problems? Jeff, will you seek to serve with a servant's heart? Will you assist a pastor with implementing and, and carrying out church ministries? Will you earnestly seek God's guidance and His work for this church? Jeff, will you promise to do this by the grace of God? A charge to the church. Jeff has been set apart by God to fulfill this vital ministry in, in this church and, 
and He needs your support and your affirmation. Do you promise before God and this new deacon that you will pray for him, that you will encourage him as he does the same for you? If so, will you say amen? Amen. amen. After I offer a prayer up for, for Jeff, I want to encourage anyone that is an ordained deacon or an ordained minister, if you would, to come down this aisle and, and offer a prayer for, for Jeff. And I'm going to ask Angel, if she would, to stand beside him because uh, you're going to need her in this ministry. Amen, deacons? Uh, they'll, she's going to help keep you in line, okay? <laughs> and, and help you out in a lot of different ways. And so as you come, offer a prayer of encouragement for, for both of them. So let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then I'll have you sit down, okay? Lord God, we come to you today because you are the sacrificial lamb. You are the, the suffering servant. And so, Father, we pray this morning that you would send your spirit upon Jeff as he serves your church. And fill Angel with a heart of encouragement, compassion, wisdom, and discernment, and understanding as, as she serves along beside Jeff. Lord, give Jeff the eyes to see the needs of your people. Give him a discerning mind to know your truth. Give him a generous spirit when he is tired, but he's needed. Give him a humble heart when his work goes unnoticed. Give him peace of mind and obedience of service. Give him a healthy body so that he may serve you in strength. Make him good soil to receive your inspiration and love. Comfort him when he questions his ministry. Grant him grace to share your wisdom. And Lord, make Jeff's heart like yours so that he can love your people. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I have been a deacon of my own right for 30 years. I've walked through many of these laying on of hands and praying for different people. How is Destiny? Mm-hmm. I've never seen a nine-year-old child come and pray over their father. Folks, that's a blessing right there. You watch that little girl in worship. And she's just praising God whenever she can. Oh, for the faith of a child, right? You have seen the evidence this morning of a uh, of a changed man, a changed, a changed heart, and one that I see is a, a man with a servant's heart. And I, he's going to be used by God in a lot of different ways, a lot of great ways in the years to come. I'm glad he's a part of New Hope, a part of the ministry here at New Hope, and we look forward to how God's going to use you in the years to come. Amen. It's going to be a, a good time. So I want to encourage you to continue praying for him as he will be praying for you all as well. I want to ask you all would just to have a seat there for just a moment and, and, and just to be reminded that when we look in the mirror of our own heart, do we see a servant's heart? 
Do we see somebody that's about a God's conviction on our heart or something we want for ourselves? We're going to sing our hymn of invitation called Run to the Father. Whatever it is on your heart that, that you're dealing with this morning, maybe it's physical, spiritual, salvation. God will take care of you. Will you come to Him and lay your burdens down to Him this morning? Don't come timidly, but run to Him. And let Him meet you where you are and walk you through whatever is going on in your life. And in the end, we'll give God the praise for what He does. So let's stand and sing together this morning. Run to the Father.
My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again. I run to the Father, fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding, the reason to wait. My heart found a surgeon. 